welcome back to the DH Basics Podcast. I'm your host, Dana. And a fun fact about me, I've actually taught at three different dental hygiene programs. I've taught at a community college, I've taught at a trade school, and I've also taught at a university. My interviewee today is Alaa. She's a former student of mine from Concord Career College here in San Antonio. I really like this topic that we get into today because Alaa and I discuss overcoming self-doubts, which seems to be a common trend amongst dental hygiene applicants, but also not being afraid to fail and talking about new grad life since she recently graduated just about a year ago. I hope you enjoy the podcast today. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, Ella. Welcome. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. We're just going to start with a quick little tell me about yourself, introduce yourself, and tell us a little bit about your journey leading to dental hygiene school. Okay, so my story is a little bit different in a way where I, so before hygiene, I actually was teaching. I was an elementary school teacher for children with disabilities, and I ended up getting burnt out from that. And what happened was I was trying to find a way to move on to another career without, like, affecting my teaching. And so when I decided that it was going to be my last year of teaching, I was kind of like trying to look for jobs. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll do a desk job. But I was like, I don't know. Like, if I can do a desk job, it seems like kind of too boring for me. I'm, I'm or like, like in person active kind of uh, person. And I remember talking to one of my friends about it. And she was like, oh, well, you know, a friend of mine, she just finished this dental assisting course. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know that was like a thing. I remember growing up, I didn't always go to the dentist. My parents didn't prioritize like our oral health too much. And so I didn't visit the dentist that often until like I had braces. And then that's when I would go. So I would see my orthodontist a lot more. But like hygienist and dental assistants, they weren't like really jobs that I really knew of. And so I looked into a dental assisting program and they had one here that I was able to do on the weekends and at night. I was like, okay, I can do this while I'm still teaching. And then by the time I'm done with teaching, I can go right into dental assisting. And so that's what I did. And I started dental assisting and I really loved dental assisting. And I was helping out the hygienist a lot. And I remember just kind of being in their rooms and like hearing them talk about it. And I was like, oh, there's like a lot more education that's going on too. And so I was like, okay, like this kind of, it brings in my passion of teaching as well. And so I started kind of considering uh, dental hygiene more, but I was like fine with just doing dental assisting. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put this in the back burner. And then COVID happened and then I got furloughed. And so I had a lot of time to kind of sit at home and think about what my next move was. And so I started doing a lot of research on dental hygiene, what I need to do to get in, what schools here in Texas, what like schools here in Texas offer a dental hygiene program, um, what they need when they start all this stuff. And, and so that's how I decided to kind of go into the dental hygiene route of it. It's not the traditional oh, I grew up loving my hygienist and this and that, but it was more so of like, I kind of stumbled into this like spot, but I really do love it. And I know that the way I felt about my teeth after I got my braces off 
was like a feeling that I really liked. I liked, you know, knowing that, hey, like my smile is the first thing that people see kind of thing. And I feel different in that. And I know that it's something that even hygienists can do too, not just like orthodontists. So I was like, okay, maybe I can put a little bit of that too with it. That's great. I love that. It's always interesting for me to hear people's backgrounds. And I think that listeners will find it interesting, but they will also maybe consider, hey, I have the same similar background where maybe I'm kind of, I had this career, maybe I'm changing lanes and I'm going for a new one. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, great, go for it. There's nothing wrong, I think, with kind of changing things at any time if it's what you want to do and it's what's going to make you feel fulfilled in your career. So. Yes, exactly. And it was scary too. It was a scary decision to make because I was like, I know nothing about this career. I also am a bit older than a lot of the people who were in school with me or applying. And so should I just stick with teaching? Like there were a lot of times where I considered just going back to teaching. Like, okay, like, you know, I'll just do a few more years of this. Like, it's fine. I'll retire. Like teaching kind of thing. Um, Because starting a new career and such a different career too is like a scary change and you also don't know how it's gonna work out especially because like I said like I didn't know much about being a hygienist I was a hygiene assistant for less than a year and so I kind of almost went in blind in a way but I learned so much my first year that it made me realize okay like you know this is something that I can really feel passionate about and it really has changed my view on it. Absolutely. And so for our listeners, you're kind of a new graduate. So congratulations. You can tell them what year you graduated and then tell them what you're doing now. Yeah, of course. Okay. So I graduated in June of 2022 and I started working around July, but I didn't have my license yet. So now I finally have my license. I started working with my license in September. And so now I'm a registered dental hygienist um, that works in a corporate office. So they brought you on as an assistant first, right? Kind of while you were waiting for your license? Yes. Yeah. So I actually got hired while I was in school. I did an externship program and applied then and they had accepted me. So I had a spot as soon as I graduated. I took a few weeks off after I graduated to just kind of settle down from the craziness of the last semester and craziness of boards and just to kind of like wind down and also like regroup. Um, And so then about in the middle of July, because I graduated in the end of June, in the middle of July is kind of like when I went in and they had me start off as an assistant. The first few weeks, I was just pretty much just shadowing. I shadowed the doctor. I saw kind of like how she likes treatment to be done I saw how she interacts with her hygienist and then I also shadowed the hygienist and I saw how she does treatment with her patients and then I also even shadowed the front office I just took time to kind of shadow everybody in the office and then after I was in my with my shadowing I just started I had my assisting license already so I was able to take x-rays and able to just help with the doctor That sounds like a nice transition out of hygiene school that people may not think about is, okay, now you've graduated, you just go to work, you know? And I always, I did the same thing. I transitioned. I was an assistant for a short amount of time while I waited for my license to come in. And then I started at that office as the hygienist. I think that's a good way to go about it. 
Yeah, I think so too, just because it is kind of different real world versus school world and how you see patients there. And I do have friends who were, um, they just waited until their license came in and then they applied after their license came in and then they were kind of just like thrown in. They had mentioned to me that they kind of struggled a little bit because it was very overwhelming. And so I really do like that I was able to kind of go in at a steady beat, but also not have that pressure of, okay, well, you have your license, start working. Like, when are you going to start working? I was able to get the experience that I needed while I was still waiting. And then as soon as my license came in, I worked that because my license came in at night, pretty much, (laughs) or that's when I realized like I had my license. And then I was able to work that following day and I felt really prepared to start that day. Awesome. I love that. I think that's good for students to hear kind of how that transition will go. Well, I do want to get into some of those, Jessica called them nitty gritty questions. I call them rapid fire questions. (laughs) The nitty gritty of it all. So the first question I have for you, do you remember what your GPA was when you applied to dental hygiene school? Yeah. So um, like I had mentioned, I had... um... So I had a degree before because I was teaching. And so I actually went to a university here in town. I live in San Antonio and I had for my basics, which is not what my school asked for. So let me actually backtrack. So I had a 3.7 GPA um, for my overall degree um, going into applying to school. However, the school that I did go into, you were able to take prereqs in their program already. And so since I had taken the classes that I did take over, like uh, it was about, they said a five-year, five to 10-year plan, um, some of those didn't roll over. So I had to take all my prereqs again. And so my GPA didn't really matter too much because they took other things into consideration for my application. So that part was a little bit different on my end because I got points. So the school that I applied at um, and went to, it's kind of like also a point system to see like, you know, if you qualify to go in. Um, I got points for having a degree and for having a GPA of like, you know, above a 3.5. Yeah, most schools have some type of ranking or point system, you know, where you have all of these things, you get extra points, and then they kind of rank you by your points, or everyone usually has some type of system. And so you had your prior degree before you applied. What was your degree in? Just curious. Yeah, so my degree, it was a psychology degree as well as a teaching degree, so an education degree. So it was kind of a little bit of both. I started off with a psychology degree and then I realized I really wanted to work with because I had always wanted to work with children with special needs. And so that's why I went through the psychology route. Um, But then I realized I wanted to do it more in an educational setting and in a school setting. So after after I decided I wanted to do that, I went ahead and I decided to just go ahead and get my teaching degree as well. And I know you mentioned you had, you went to dental assisting schools. You worked for some time as a dental assistant. Do you feel like your dental assisting experience helped you to get in? And do you feel like it helped you when you got into school? Uh, Yes and yes. So my school also had um, like 
you get extra points if you did have dental assisting under your belt. And then going into, there were a lot of little things that I never noticed were something that people didn't know. Uh, Like, for example, there was a classmate of mine who had never really been in the dental field at all. Um, She didn't really have to, she had shadowing hours, but it was just pretty much shadowing the hygienist. It wasn't like actually working and being in there like a full workday kind of thing. And so she didn't know how to put the air water syringe into the air water. And nobody really taught us that either because a lot of times they just kind of like assume. And so I remember we were just kind of like talking about our like first days there and she was talking about how it was so intimidating and hard for her and she had to do a lot like she felt like she didn't take everything in because she was so focused on what she had to do and how she had to do it and I didn't have to experience any of that I felt like I I knew the basics of the teeth numbers I knew the basics of how instruments should be on the tray or where the air water syringe should go or the saliva ejector should go what it even does or So all those little things that aren't gone over in too much depth, I didn't have to worry about too much. And then, like I said, it's just also the teeth numbering that we we spent a good amount of time going over that like in school. And so I felt pretty prepared about that. That's really interesting about the air water syringe, because (laughs) as an educator, I try and break things down. You know me. I was your teacher, right? I try and break things down into the smallest parts, but you said that and I thought that is something that straight over my head we take for granted because we both had dental experience and the same thing when I was in school, you know, I knew how to put that together. So I think the, the people listening will consider maybe a little bit more about the importance of having assisting or some type of hands on interaction in the actual dental office, whether that be that you're getting some more interactive shadowing, you know, can I help you set up your room? Can I help you break Mm -hmm. down your room? Getting hands-on is the best way to learn how to do all of that stuff. I I, really like that you brought that up. Yeah, I really 100% agree. I think the hands-on experience really also helped me feel more at ease going into, honestly, even just with working with patients. I went from a job that I didn't have patients. I had students. I had parents of students. I never had patients or customers, really. And so that was all new to me, because you're you're providing like a service. And so interacting with them is also different. And they have questions in their own, like they have their own different kind of questions that they need help with or education that they need help with. And so learning how to interact with that type of, I'm going to use the word like clientele, because a patient kind of is like a client. Um, really helped to when I had my own patients or when I had to go find my own patients. I was kind of able to know how to talk to them, know um, how to discuss with them what I could provide for them. You do learn some of that like in school, but like I said, real world experience and school world experience is different. And so that real world experience kind of helps you be able to 
do it maybe more comfortably, in my opinion, or at least like for me, I felt like I was able to do it more comfortably. Uh, I had done it before. I've talked to patients before with the doctor, with the hygienist. And so it wasn't something that was too intimidating for me when I did have to go find my own patients or talk to my patients. So that was also really nice to kind of have. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Just the other thing too is putting your hands in someone's mouth. If you've never done it and you don't do it until the first day of school, it's weird putting your hands in someone else's mouth. It's something yeah. you you have to get comfortable with. And if you have that assisting experience, it definitely helps. Yeah, well, no, it is really weird. The next question I was going to ask you, if you don't mind sharing, how many schools did you apply to? Were they associates or bachelors? Did you know the difference between the two? Yeah, so um, like I said, when I was going through the decision to consider hygiene school, it was during the COVID pandemic time. So I had a lot of time to do research. And so I was actually holding off on hygiene school for a little bit because my husband and I were planning on moving to Washington State. And so I was considering going to school there. I live in Texas now and I lived in Texas during the pandemic. Washington State had more opportunities for both an associate's degree and a bachelor's degree for a hygiene program. They had a lot more opportunities in the community colleges than versus just private. Texas didn't have as many options. So there was two schools that I know of here, plus one that was supposed to have started, but then COVID kind of backtracked it. And that one was the community college one. And so when the pandemic happened and I realized, okay, well, we're going to be in Texas for a lot longer. Uh, like I had mentioned, I'm a bit older, so I kind of wanted to start my career. Like I wanted to be able to go to school because I knew school was going to be at least like a two-year process. Um, because for me, I was fine with just getting my associates because I have my bachelor's in another a degree, like in another a subject, or I have a degree in another field. Um And so I was fine with the associates because I also did research to see what's the difference. Like I read a lot of things that had mentioned, like if you're just planning on working in an office with associates will get you the job just as much as, uh, as somebody with their bachelor's would. So when I, when I realized like, okay, we're going to be in Texas a little bit longer. Like I was like, okay, I need to kind of just go ahead and stop putting this off and stop waiting for my move and just start school here. And then if we wanted to move, I can move later. And so then I started looking for into schools here and there was two of them. One was a private school and then one was a college. I ended up applying to the private school Concord because within that school, I could take prereqs within that program. And I needed prereqs because the prereqs that I had taken weren't transferable because I had taken them such a long time ago. So I was like, okay, with whereas at the other school for the University of Texas, UT Health, that one I needed to get my prereqs done first and then apply to the program. And so that would have taken me an extra amount of time, whereas Concord, I could have done my prereqs and my hygiene courses all within that two-year frame, whereas UT Health, it would have been more of a four-year frame. So I kind of put all my eggs in the basket and I applied just to one school. I fortunately got in 
uh, but if I wasn't going to get in, I was going to reapply to that school as well as the other school, the four-year program school. I don't know if that, that answers your questions. <laughs> Absolutely. It does. That was perfect. And I know we talked a little bit before we came on air about you considering a Washington school because there was more opportunities. And some of those opportunities are that in states outside of Texas, there's very few states, I think it's only three left, that don't allow hygienists to administer local anesthetic, which is a numbing yeah. injection. And many states also allow uh, hygienists to administer nitrous oxide, which is laughing gas. And in the state of Texas, we can only monitor laughing gas. We cannot turn it on or administer it. Mm -hmm. And then here we cannot use local anesthetic, which is a shame when almost every other state can. So I could yeah, see yeah. your want to maybe go to another state, you know, to get that, that degree that includes mm -hmm. the local anesthetic. Yes, because... It's just frustrating to know that, you know, a person who has the same as I do and associates in dental hygiene that just works in a different state can do more with their license than I can, but we have the same education. For me, I want to be able to do more. I want to be able to be the best provider for my patients. And I feel like that being able to administer anesthetic can also help me be a better provider for my patients. And a lot of students don't know that, let's say you do go to school in another state that allows you to learn it and practice it. If you move to a state like Texas, you can't even use that part of your license, even though yeah. you are licensed in it, which I think is a shame. So I like that you brought up yeah. that aspect of it. I think, I think that's something good for our future students to hear. Well, I wanted to ask if you also don't mind sharing how old were you when you were accepted into the program? Okay. Yeah, I don't mind. So I was actually accepted into the program. At, I have to do a little bit of math because after the age of like 25, I forget how old I am in the year, but <laughs> I'm 30 right now. And I want to say I was about 28. Yeah, I was 28 when I got accepted into the program. I remember because, and that's when I took the, like, I started off taking the prereqs and everything. And I remember the first day of my, like, first hygiene class, that first term, that first class of the actual hygiene portion of the program, it was my birthday and I had just turned 29. So prereqs, I was 28 and then 29 um, is when I officially started the hygiene classes and graduated at 30. That's great. So far, all of my guests that I've had have been 25 or older. I'm like, I need to go hunt down some of those youngins because I feel like I was always the old. I was 25 when I started and I felt like most of my class was younger than me. They were turning 21, you know. I know. Uh, I had a, a classmate who was still 20 when she started the program. Like she she turned 21 during the program and it, it was always so funny because we would meet up for like study groups and stuff. And then we'd be like, Oh, or like after like a rough day of clinic, we'd be like, Oh, you guys want to go out like kind of thing. Or you want to go grab a drink? And she'd be like, Oh, I can't. And it took us a while to realize that she couldn't because of her age. And I, I look back and I laugh at it now because I'm like, Oh my God, she was such a baby. And I feel so old. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Yep. I, I had a couple of those moments too. So I get that. Well, I did want to ask, what do you feel like was the most difficult aspect of the admissions process? And then what advice would you give for students who are applying 
as it kind of relates to that difficult process you went through? Yeah. Um, Difficulty personally was I felt almost like not worth a position at the school because I didn't have too much background. I felt like there were even just going into the interviewing process, you meet a lot of people and you talk to them here and there. You know, there are people who have been assistants for eight years or there are people who are like, yeah, my dad is a dentist and, you know, my whole family works in the dental field and I want to like follow in their footsteps. And I'm just like, I needed a career change. So I felt that I was worried or like my anxiety made me think that like, you know, you're, you're not as worthy for a spot in this program as this person would be or that person would be. So personally, that was something that was hard for me to even see or or like to kind of get over. My age was also another thing too. I felt I was too old to do like a career change at this point in my life. And also just go back to school. Like I wasn't just changing a career. I wasn't just applying to a new kind of job. I was going back to school and that part was like hard. As far as the actual application process, it was the list. So I was able to get a list of all the things that like, you know, they require just being able to check off that whole list, like make sure you have enough shadowing hours, especially if you are still working somewhere else or if you are in school, um, because, you know, some programs ask a certain amount of shadowing hours or like it can really help you get more points if you if you are able to like shadow more. Um, Just doing that was hard, not just because like uh, if you have school or work, but also I was out of time where it was like during a pandemic. And so I couldn't really go and shadow someone because one offices were either closed or we were in lockdown or they're like, no, we don't need another person here. Um, So that part was like hard. I personally really love school. So I wasn't too worried about my grades. I love education, whether I'm doing the educating or being educated, um, I I wasn't too worried about my grades, but I do have friends who that was something that was hard for them is just kind of being like, oh, I don't know if my grades are good enough. Uh, but for me, I that wasn't like something that like really worried me too much. What advice would you give to someone who's applying to dental hygiene school? As simple as it is, is just do you like if you feel like this is something that you want to do you do have a chance at that spot you do deserve a chance at that spot if it's something that you feel like you want to do try it because in the end trying it and failing it in my opinion is better than not trying at all because at least you tried who knows you could succeed too like You'll never know if you don't try. And so don't let anyone make you feel less than, especially if you get in and you don't have dental experience or you just want to make a career change. Like, no, you earned your spot in that position. Getting accepted into hygiene school is hard. It is so hard. So many people are applying. I remember during my interviews, there were so many people there. I remember their faces. But then when I started class, like they were nowhere in sight. And I'm like, there were so many people, so many people. And I'm like, all these people applied and I was one of them that got in. And 
and it's because you earned it. It's because you deserve a spot. They don't just let anybody in. Like, be proud of yourself and, you know, own it. And don't worry about what people say. I know that's so much easier to say than to actually do. But also, it's just like, you really did earn that spot. Don't let anyone make you think that you didn't because it's not easy. I like what you said about it's better to try and fail than not to have tried at all. It reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. And I say this to myself all the time. It's ever tried, ever failed, try again, fail again, fail better. And so anytime I've had what I've considered in my life to be a failure, just try again, fail again. Next time you'll fail better, right? You just keep working on it until you get what you are going for. I think that's Mm -hmm. really great advice. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, thank you. And I love that quote too, because you'll never learn to if you don't fail. The first times I would ever fail were in hygiene school. And I remember crying to you about it (laughs) and having to go to the extra tutoring or I, I think even just for the Nevi assessment, like I had to do it to the X amount of times that I could do it. And I still, even that last one, I still failed it. And I felt like such a failure because I had never really failed before. I wanted to give up. Like I wanted to just not show up to the extra tutoring and just be like, well, whatever, you know what? Like F it, like uh, just whatever. But no, I was like, okay, no, like I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. And even though I still failed that last time too, that I was able to get it. I still remember bringing patients in and being like, hey, can I, actually, can you show me again, like how to use this instrument? Because I'm determined to learn how to use this instrument. And now it's one of my favorite instruments. I like always use it. And I always think of you because I look at the handle. I'm like, am I holding it right? And I'm like, I am. (laughs) And I always think of you when I use it. I remember that too. I think that's great. (laughs) Yeah. And that is a, a big component of it. It's just being okay, okay to fail. And I remember you know, cause we always had assessment days on Fridays. And so I would call it Friday, cry day. And I would go home and I'd be just so sad because it was like all the students were crying again today. And then I'm crying. And my husband's like, here, have a beer. It's Friday, cry day. Like we'll get through this. That's for your, sure. your instructors care just as much as you do about your success. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important for students to know. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all of your expertise and your story. I think that the students will take a lot away from this. So thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you again for having me. I really love what you're doing. I think it's so great that, you know, people can have access to this information, especially people who, you know, do the research and want to do research and feel ease knowing more information because now they have like access to it you can feel really alone at times especially like I I didn't have anyone going through the dental field or anyone that even my my whole family didn't know that dental hygiene was like a job I didn't know anyone in that field I didn't have friends that were going through the process and so it would have been really nice to be able to seek out these podcasts and get information from other people, whether they related to me or not, like just even just picking up little things and having access to that is such a privilege. And I really love that you're doing this. Thank you so much. Well, since the recording of this episode, the Texas legislation is working on allowing dental hygienists to administer local anesthesia here in Texas. So it's a big win for us dental hygienists here today. 
And I'm so glad that you listened. I hope you enjoyed the show. Stay tuned for our next one.